stable. So I don't know if you heard about this at all, but Tesla's uh, struck. I heard tank. What? It, the stock tanked and everybody flipped out. Because wow, they be making flamethrowers. Because no, because <laughs> the stock market is shares bought by shareholders, and who are shareholders? Shareholders are rich, out of touch old white people. Mm-hmm. So you say something they don't like, they're gonna sell their shit. So Elon Musk did an interview. He smoked weed during the interview. Yeah, and literally 15 minutes later, his stock fucking plummeted. What? Because of that shit? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, I am blown the fuck away. That was why his fucking stock dropped? Elon Musk is a loose cannon. If he doesn't learn how to keep his mouth shut, there's going to be a lot of people with Teslas and nowhere to get that bitch's service. Why have you never took this uh, skill, this ability? This, to me, is an ability, a blessing. Because we all went to school with motherfuckers. And motherfuckers are average when it comes to, like, numbers and, and being poignant with that. Is, is that the right word? I guess precise. Why haven't you thought about converting that shit into millions and billions? Okay, so my most important question to you for tonight is, do you have a lighter? (laughs) Wait, I think I have one in my car. I do too, so (laughs) what we're going to have to do is pause this. I did not bring a lighter in here. I was in such a rush to get to this interview. Now, you say people will start businesses and then shit. Probably more than likely run out of money or some shit like that and just close shop and dip out. What would happen to these lands and areas? Like, what would the, the guy, Guyanese people would do? Is that the correct term? Guyanese, yeah. Oh, I guess that. <laughs> what would they do when these shops were shut down? Like, what would they do with the land? So, can you explain to somebody who don't know what the fuck the stock market is, what it is? I don't know what it is, but I want to be a part of it. Real, real. Because I feel like it's just white people gambling spot. It's, like it's, it's kind of is. Yeah. It kind of is. Go um, into it. Break it down. There were military coups, ha- coups. Military coups happening every few weeks. Constantly changing hands between this general, that general, and this executive. What's a coup, real quick? A military coup is when, uh, like, a, it's almost like a radicalistic group that will rise up and overthrow whatever the current government is. So a gang? Essentially. Yeah, okay. Alright, continue. <laughs> Essentially. In Ghana, <coughs> I shared a... And I would say it kind of reminded me of where I grew up. Because mm-hmm. I grew up, like, in the hood. Oh, good. That's what's up. And so, uh... Well, not that's what's up, but... No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Whatever you get, I mean, so love for me. Right. Um... Closing out, did you find love in, <laughs> in Nigeria? I did not. I found dick. Oh, shit. We know the stereotypical uh, plague on black men and how they view white women in America. Oh, yeah, we know. Yeah. They love them. They chase them. They prioritize them. Things like that. That's the stereotypical analysis. Is it like that over there? Oh, yes. Wow. Because I'm a 
I mean, I'm a white woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a redhead. I'm a natural redhead. Mm-hmm. I was a fucking unicorn, so I lived with her. Damn. That's crazy. I did not know it was like that in those countries. Where did you get the passion for this? Where did you find yourself pursuing this? Um, I'm a real, uh, um, have you ever heard of that personality test where it's like four different colors? A blue, a green, an orange, and a gold? You should look that shit up and dope. But, uh. I've heard of it. It tells you a lot about <coughs> what you value, how your mind works. So I'm a green. So I operate on as little emotion as you possibly can and still get by as a human and not an android. Okay. Because we play by that real shit. 
Robbie Dean back with another one of those fire ass episodes of Mi Blanc Amigo. And this is episode 22, politicking with my white financial advisor on a Black Friday. Yeah. In this episode, man, I link up with my FA to speak on all types of things going on dealing with money, man. As far as the underground, the middle class, and the people that's really trying to get it. Uh, we started off by speaking on her uh, living over in Ghana and over in Nigeria and, you know, some of her studies she had to do and what she plans to do with her studies as far as helping improve in those countries. Uh, she said she was over there. She witnessed a lot of racism as far as black people treating their own bad. She witnessed a lot of racism as far as black people treating her and she also... Um, said that she had experienced black men that uh idolized a white woman so uh it was an interesting conversation as far as that perspective other than that uh we spoke about living conditions um falling in love over there uh personality tests that help people understand who they are in this world um money obsessions uh her skipping grades in schools because she was so bright um, her receiving a PhD at 25, all types of things, man. She also even snitched on a pro athlete and helping that motherfucker out in a time when he was doing bad. Um, other than that, we spoke on, you know, the economy as a whole, Silicon Valley, Elon Musk. Uh, yeah, man, black stereotypes and their money, building a stock, po- stock portfolio, and uh, yeah, just the stock market as a whole. I tried to just pick her brain on everything. We spoke on Bitcoin, uh, the snowball method as far as paying bills back and shortening the time it takes to actually pay back bills. All types of shit, man. She cool as hell. Like You would think this is a boring ass conversation, but this shit just really just a kickback. And motherfucker, it's a lot of information in here, bro. So, you know, enjoy it. Follow my IG at R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. Uh, you know, say something. I say something back. You already know how it is. Follow, I follow back. Um, other than that, man, like, comment, subscribe, share, like the white girls in the valley say. Uh-huh. I'm out.
something else. What do you mean something else? Just grit. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Why can't it not that be it? Say, hello, my name is Britt. It is, but it's part of the editing process. All right, so I'm here with Britt, the world's richest financial consultant. Shit. <laughs> what? Rich in life. There we go. How you feeling today? I'm fucking. I'm tired, man. You're tired. What did you do today? Trying to get my dissertation done. Yes, 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 yes. Let's just get straight to it. Straight to it. So we can, uh, what is it, qualify you for the people? Try to shit on you and shit. Okay. So you had mentioned to me, let's start from the middle. What school did you enter as a freshman? USC. USC. Mm -hmm. And what did you go for? Political science political science and you pursuing your political science degree had you end up traveling to where Ghana Ghana what is that the country name Ghana is the country I was in uh, Kumasi okay uh -huh. so before we even get into it the reason I bought you here is because you say that you're a financial consultant correct yeah. I just want to know tips, tricks, and pointers that we can give to the listeners all across the land. So, with that being said, what had you end up in Ghana now that we got that out the way? Trying to work on sustainable infrastructure. Because um, I don't know how much you know about, like, underdeveloped nations, but they have a lot of like rolling blackouts and military coups and the economy, if it even exists, is extremely unstable. So most of what I'm trying to do is work on how to make what they have sustainable so that they're not starting from scratch every few months. Mm. And when you say starting by scratch, what do you mean? Because every time there's a military coup or a change of hands or another, uh, like another business buys out another business, mm -hmm. everything goes back to square one. So any progress made in any developments is scrapped. They Dang. just get rid of it and start over. Because it's now it's based on the new people and the new people's shareholders and what they value instead of. Now, I bought you in as... Um to do this financial consultant thing, but now I'm interested in this Ghana thing. <laughs> now, you say people will start businesses and then shit, probably more than likely run out of money or some shit like that and just close shop and dip out. Mm -hmm. What would happen to these lands and areas? Like, what would the, the guy, Guyanese people would do? Is that the correct term? Guyanese, yeah, that's right. Oh, I guess that. <laughs> What would they do when these shops were shut down? Like, what would they do with the land? It sits. Because anytime something like that happens, the land doesn't go back to the people. It goes back to the government. And because mm -hmm. the government is constantly... Think about it like probate court. Like when someone passes away and they have no beneficiaries, no will. Mm -hmm. All that stuff just essentially becomes items of the state. Mm -hmm. That's what happens with these plots and this, the infrastructure there. Anytime somebody gives it up, it just becomes 
an asset of the state. Okay, so my most important question to you for tonight is, do you have a lighter? <laughs> Wait, I think I have one in my car. I do too, so but <laughs> what we're going to have to do is pause this. I did you not bring a lighter in here? I was in such a rush to get to this interview. I'm going to pause this and I'm going to be right back. Alright, and we're back in this motherfucker. And this is part two, the real me. You ever seen a meme where they're like, me at work versus me in real life or some shit? Yeah. That's what I was trying to do right there. <laughs> but, fuck it. Um, Ghana, Guyanese people, where were we? Where did we leave off at? Talking about how anytime like these businesses and stuff shut down, it just becomes property at state. Because the state is constantly changing hands, most of the stuff just kind of sits out there in limbo. It never becomes anything else. It becomes like a no man's land. Side question to that. Um, when you see shit like that, do you become an opportunist? You talking about me or in general? Mm -hmm. Me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when I see stuff like that, the first thing I'm thinking is land, opportunity, poor people. Mm -hmm. I should try to make some money off of this. Mm -mm. That's not where my mind goes, which is probably why I'm getting this degree that I'm getting. <laughs> so, what what are these people doing to um, combat this? They're not. You have to think about it like this. Like, so, I've also been to Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So... Back in the 60s, when the Nigerian Revolution happened and the nation split between Nigeria and Biafra, um, at that point, there were military coups, coups, military coups happening every few weeks, constantly changing hands between this general, that general, this executive. What's a coup, real quick? A military coup is when the, like, a, it's almost like a radicalistic group that will rise up and overthrow whatever the current government is. So a gang. Essentially. Yeah, okay. Alright, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. So, after years and years and years and years and years of this, the people, that's just how they live. So, you know, you get, they have rolling blackouts, particularly in Nigeria. Um, in Ghana, there's a lot of um, teacher strikes. So, these kids will be out of school and university for weeks at a time. Mm. What are some of the sad... You, you, you said you've been in Nigeria and Ghana, mm -hmm. correct? Which one was more impoverished? Is that the correct word? Impoverished? Yeah, that's the right word. Um, well, I think it, it's not even necessarily which of the nations. I don't think I can answer that properly, and I don't want to, like, speak out of pocket, but... Speak how you feel. <laughs> uh, like, when I was in Nigeria, I was in Lagos, which is, like, think of it like New York City. Mm -hmm. It's like their New York City. So, oh, for real? Mm -hmm. All right. So, but when I was in Ghana, I was in... Kumasi, which is like tiny, like there's school and shit there, but it's not like, it's not as big. So my experience was Ghana is much more impoverished, but I also know as a whole, like if we're looking strictly at numbers, it's not, it's Nigeria. What were your living conditions like? Well, in Nigeria, I had a pretty standard apartment, like alone, um, just me. In Ghana, <coughs> I shared a... It honestly kind of reminded me of where I grew up, because mm -hmm. I grew up, like, in the hood. Oh, for real? 
That's what's up. And so, uh. Well, not that's what's up, but. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. So, like. <laughs> so, um. There were like four of us sharing like a tiny ass kitchen and a tiny ass living room and two bedrooms. There were like two to us to a room. Hmm. But there's actually more infrastructure there. But because it's in that like no man's land shit situation, nobody has access to it. So you got more people cramming into fewer places. Okay, so um, do you want to return to these places? Mm-hmm. And what are your goals when you do return? My biggest thing, honestly, at least like in terms of my <clears throat> like my end game for this project is the blackouts because that's the thing that's probably going to be the easiest to fix. Yeah. Because you think about it here, like we even have lights in our fucking refrigerators. Mm -hmm. So we're not inconvenienced when we want to find something. Right. These places will go like days and days and days with no light, no power, nothing. Damn. So, if we could find a way to take all this no man's land and get some kind of turbine system going, or even to just get like a stable, um, fuck, what word do I want to use? The, uh... Like a utilities thing. Like, yeah, if we could get one standard, third-party, non-partisan place where all of that shit runs out of, they'd probably be straight. Mm-hmm. And my final question to you about being overseas. Well, not my final. What was the worst things you've seen out there? Mm. In your opinion. Just the, the nastiest, worst thing. I, uh, there's a lot of internalized racism in Africa. Explain. So, uh... I use big words because I'm fake smart, so <laughs> when, you, when you return big words, explain. <laughs> okay. So, uh, for, okay, so when you go somewhere, let's mm -hmm. say it's like in a big city, you're going to a restaurant, mm -hmm. and you are Guyanese, you live in Ghana, you're going out somewhere where you live, and you are with all other Guyanese people. Mm -hmm. The way you are treated at that restaurant versus if you were a white tourist, mm -hmm. Think of it like 50 segregation. Towards the Guyanese people? Towards the Guyanese people. Damn. Yeah, there's so much internalized racism where if you work in the customer service or tourism industry, you don't give a fuck about your own people. You only care about the white tourists that are coming over. So it creates this disconnect between the people that work for them and the people that are just like trying to fucking live there. Do you believe it's their own bouginess thinking that tourists would tip them better? I think in certain extents it is. But I also feel like there's a general disdain for each other over there because everybody is, like you said, an opportunist. So everybody's like, it's not much different from here. Everybody's thinking about their own comeuppance. And so whatever you get, that means there's less for me. Right. Um, closing out. Did you find love in, Ghana <laughs> in Nigeria? I did not. I found dick. Oh, shit. All right. I'll so, go there for a minute. <laughs> how long was you there? <coughs> I was in Ghana for six months. I was in Nigeria for a year. Well, damn. 
So you found your, your <coughs> African Nigerian warrior. Ha! <laughs> I won't call him that now. Do you still stay in community? Like you have long distance mm. relationships with these mm. people. And how do? Yeah, you go a good. You said go ahead, go. I got a good. Say, I don't long distance relationships. I don't have like current distance relationships. <laughs> All right, so we know the stereotypical. Um, Plague on black men and how they view white women in America. Oh, yeah, we know. Yeah. They love them. They chase them. They prioritize them. Things like that. Mm -hmm. That's the stereotypical analysis. Is it like that over there? Oh, yeah. Wow. Because I'm a, I mean, I'm a white woman. Mm -hmm. I'm a redhead. I'm a natural redhead. Mm -hmm. I was a fucking unicorn as far as they were concerned. Damn. Crazy. Mm -hmm. I did not know it was like that in those countries. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's get focused to the point of the podcast. That was a pretty cool intro. Um, I'm here with Britt, a financial consultant. Uh, you heard a few things. USC graduate. Uh, I got all three of my degrees at USC. USC graduate. <laughs> PhD candidate <laughs> about to grab it um yeah I, I brought you here to talk money let's talk money okay now you want to talk money or you want to talk credit because that's not the same thing we could talk both okay but let's start with money where did you get the passion for this where did you find yourself pursuing this um I'm a real, uh, I don't know, you ever heard of that personality test where it's like four different colors, a blue, a green, an orange, and a gold? You should look that shit up, it's dope. But, uh, I heard of it. It tells you a lot about <clears throat> what you value, how your mind works. And so I'm a green. So I operate on as little emotion as you possibly can and still get by as a human and not an android. Mm hmm. And uh, I'm real analytical and logistical. So if you have a problem with me, or if you have an issue that you're bringing to me, and there's any emotion in it at all, I'm not going to listen to you until you bring me hard stuff. Mm. Yeah. So there's nothing that makes more sense to me than money. Mm. <laughs> now, real quick again, to sum it up, what did you say your personality color was, and what was the characteristics of it? Green. I'm green. Um, the main personality, like the Traits. makeup, yeah. yeah. Um, logical, analytical, scientific, um, non-emotional, decisive. That's it. That's those like I mean, there's like a fucking I could write you a book. Just oh, I thought you were stuck on. No, that's was... like the main. Those okay. are the main ones. So, do you remember what was the other uh, mm -hmm. overall labels of the traits? Mm -hmm. So, blue, um, those are people that tend to run on emotion. So, they very much want harmony and other people to be happy. And they're much more likely to conform to the needs of the group in order for like for there to be success. success. Yeah. Um, you have oranges, who are usually like your loose cannon people. Mm -hmm. The people that, you know, they don't really give a fuck about anything except partying. <clears throat> They are way more likely to, like, be fucking flaky, change plans on you at the last minute, not good with deadlines. 
then you got Golds, <clears throat> who really don't care what is going on as long as they are in charge of it. Mm. Those are your bossy people. You literally just described like my work crew. Uh huh. Everybody's one of them. Like that's our work crew within like three people, mm-hmm. and that's crazy. Um, where did you find this at? Or was you bullshitting around and just came across it? Oh no 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 no. We did it at work. Like when we get like when you get hired at my job, they make everybody think. Oh, so it's some legit shit. Mm-hmm. All right, so back to the money. Um. You said you, so this helped you find your passion towards money? No. Um, I've always liked money and math and science because it's clean. Like, you can feel however you feel about it. It doesn't change what it is. So. It's factual. Exactly. There's like, you can, you know, it can't be edited. You, the numbers, there's a correct answer and you're not getting around it or changing it. Okay, so. Growing up, were you always mathematical, good with your numbers, add and subtract on the on the diamond? I uh yeah I um I always hate like I feel like I'm being like braggadocious or some stupid shit, but like um I skipped two grades. That's how I'm getting a PhD at only twenty five. Um, how did you skip two grades? Because <laughs> I was getting bored, so I was being bad as shit. So they tested me. So when I was in third grade. Um, I took a reading comprehension test and hit college level, so they couldn't test me anymore. What? So they bumped me up. Yeah, they bumped me up. And then in seventh grade, um, the same shit happened. They made me take the SAT. <laughs> Got like a twelve sixty. Mm. They bumped me up to ninth grade. You said what grade? Ninth from seventh. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so, so I skipped fourth grade and eighth grade. That's impressive. And eighth grade is a great grade to go to. It's pretty fun. You missed a good year. I skipped that shit, yeah. You missed a, <laughs> you missed a good year. I went year. straight to being a freshman. Because you still childish, but you in a seniority state at your school, so you missed a you good year. You're running shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I was a senior in high school. That was that was dope enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, so there was a point to that. So, uh, oh, go ahead. when I was a kid, Probably starting in like, I don't know, fifth fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I used to balance the checkbooks for all the little old ladies in my neighborhood. Damn. Alright, so explain balancing checkbooks. I don't know shit about that shit. <laughs> at all. So essentially, um, and it's, it's, it's gotten pretty, uh, you don't see a whole lot of people doing it anymore because now everything is digitized. So, you know, you can go online and see every transaction you've done on your card. You can see the check that you wrote, who you went it to, all that shit. Right. But some people still prefer to have, like, a check register. So, if you prefer to do it that way, the manual way, every time you do a transaction, you swipe a card, you write a check, you're going to write it in that book. You're either going to write it as a positive or a negative. Mm-hmm. And then so at the end of the month, when you get your statement, you're going to match it up just to make sure everything. So that's how, let's say you write a check to somebody and it never clears, but you don't notice. When you get your statement, you see that check didn't come out. You'll see you're carrying over a balance, and you can figure out what's going on with it. Damn. Why have you never took this um, skill, this ability... Because this, to me, is an ability, a blessing. 
because we all went to school with motherfuckers and motherfuckers are average when it comes to like numbers and and being poignant with it is is that the right word i guess precise why haven't you thought about converting that shit into millions and billions no i guess because to me that takes away the people that can if I were to monetize this, mm -hmm. the people that could afford it are the people that already have more opportunity to gain it somewhere else. Miss Jones down the street in my neighborhood don't have anybody to balance her checkbook. Mm. These rich motherfuckers could pay anybody to balance her checkbook. Right. So, you're in high school. What are you like? Describe your life in high school. Um, I senior played year. senior year. Yeah. Um, I played volleyball, softball. I marched quads on the drum line, and I was in Molly UN. So I'm sure you pretty much had a handful of uh, acceptance letters. I did. How many did you have, or did you apply for? Um, I applied at five schools, and I got accepted to all five schools. And what made you want to go to USC? You want to be honest? Yeah. Because <laughs> they had the hottest football team. As far as wins and losses? Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn. Nope. I'm, okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. These, you can take whatever. The other schools I got into have predominantly white football teams. Mmm. So you're into the black dude. Alright, so... <laughs> I have only dated one white guy ever. And when was this? Ninth grade. Mm. Shout him out. Hmm? Shout him out. Oh god, this fucking kid's name was Zach. <laughs> he was such a dick. Shout out Zach, man. <laughs> You're a good dude. Um, USC. Did you uh, trap any football players? I'd say they got trapped. They were not in a situation that they didn't already want to be in. <laughs> I grew up with a lot of them. Like Jadavion Clown and Stephon Gilmore. I grew up down the street from those guys. Mm. And what made you not want to just say, hey, Clowny, I need to balance your fucking checkbook for you? You think Clowny had a fucking checkbook? <laughs> Shit, probably that boy, don't know, that boy don't know nothing but <laughs> weed bitches and sports. Oh my god. <laughs> that dude doesn't need no damn checkbook. <laughs> Don't, don't expose no poor <laughs> athletes. I helped, him pass, I helped him pass Spanish in ninth grade. I done everything for that boy I need to do. Damn. <laughs> Alright, so USC, you get there freshman year. What What is the turn up like? What year did you go there? My first year was 20, 2010. 2010. 2010. And what, what was the atmosphere like for you? Because that was when USC was winning and shit. Oh yeah, that's when we had Connor Shaw. We were coming. We were still coming down off that damn high that game that we beat Alabama when they were number one. We had Stephen Garcia's. Y'all beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I was on the drum line there too, so it was fucking lit every day of the week there. I think that I had some professors that literally saw me three times a semester because if there wasn't a test, <laughs> I wasn't going. <laughs> All right, so. I got a random question for you. 
As a white woman, what are some of the stereotypes about my people and money you think we should work on? Hmm, that's a good one. I think there's a general consensus. Now, again, preface, I don't believe any of this shit. I'm yeah, there's stereotypes. stereotypes. Yeah. Okay. Um, bad credit. Bad credit is probably the big one. What, all black people got bad credit? That's a stereotype? Mm-hmm. Damn. If I you were to come, credit. listen. No, I, no, I'll take that back. If you don't portray yourself like a wealthy person, mm -hmm. like a wealthy black person, they're going to assume you got bad credit. Yeah. Damn. Oh, I get what you're saying. You got to stunt like a fucking Migos and shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're not fucking ice out. <laughs> and even some of those dudes got shit credit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk the economy and shit. Okay. Are you studying the economy? Mm-hmm. Where's the economy going? Right now it's in a really good spot actually, which I kinda hate to say because I fucking hate Trump's ass and I just want him to fail at everything. But <laughs> the good thing about that, and it always pisses me off when I'm like watching the news and stuff, is that the president has a pull on the economy. Because it's not possible. <laughs> what do you mean he has a pull on the economy? There's this general for whatever reason, misconception that the president in office has some type of say over how the economy's doing. Like, anything the president spends or votes on or puts into action could affect the economy, and that's just simply not true. So why is the economy thriving so well right now? Like, everything is up right now. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Because there was a giant tech boom in Silicon Valley where all of these new companies were opening up. You got the huge-ass people like Musk and Tesla and all these people and they're all thriving so much and you got Trump in office so all those business people those now this is the one thing where I will say um, all those tax breaks mm -hmm. people's shit skyrocketed what do you mean skyrocketed so if you had a I mean we're not talking fortune 500 here but if you had a relatively well-off business and you get a pretty substantial tax break mm -hmm. that could change your entire business model you had to free up so much money. You can get rid of employees. You could streamline and get less people to do more things. As far as what? Like how you run. So let's say you have a staff of like 100 people. Mm -hmm. You get a major fucking tax break. You can buy all this new equipment, new systems, upgrade all your shit. Suddenly you don't need 100 people anymore. You only need 70. You're not going to pay them anymore. Damn. But now you got 30 less people you got to pay. And you save that shit. Damn. Alright, so do you know about the stock market? Nah, here and there, yeah. So can you explain to somebody who don't know what the fuck the stock market is, what it is? Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I want to be a part of this. Real, shit. real. Because I feel so, like it's just white people gambling spot. That's, that's what I feel like that's what it is. It kind of is. Yeah. It kind of is. Go into um, it. Break it down. So essentially what the stock market does is it looks at the, the um, shit, I just totally lost my fucking train of thought, the profitability of a business based on how their shares are selling. Because as you know, most businesses have shareholders. So that's pretty much who the, the CEO, that's their boss. They got a board of directors somewhere. They have people that make money or lose money depending on how that company performs or doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, 
in the stock market as people buy and sell and buy and sell and buy and sell like you got some people whose stock if it ever drops it's not going to be enough to even affect it so you got apple you got disney then you have other places that are less stable so i don't know if you heard about this at all but tesla's uh struggling i heard tanked what it, the stock tanked and everybody flipped out because wow. is he making flamethrowers because no because <laughs> stock market is shares bought by shareholders and who are shareholders shareholders are rich out of touch old white people mm -hmm. so you say something they don't like they're gonna sell their shit so elon musk did an interview he smoked weed during the interview yeah, and literally 15 minutes later his stock fucking plummeted what because of that shit mm -hmm. wow. serious. i am blown the fuck away that was why his fucking stock dropped? Elon Musk is a loose cannon, and if he doesn't learn how to keep his mouth shut, there's going to be a lot of people with Teslas and nowhere to get them bitches serviced. Mmm. <laughs> Damn. Elon, I fucks with Elon, I do too. too. Send that bitch in the space. <laughs> Damn. But he's got to get his shit together, though. He's going to be in trouble. It's, I mean, they're rebounding now, but... Tesla's not BMW or Mercedes. They ain't been around for forever. They they got way less pull. They got a long. They're way babies, to go. absolutely. Um, shit, we should have bought that shit. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It didn't get any cheaper when it drops. And normally, mm. stock as it drops, the price decreases because they want people to purchase. But some stock, like for a fucking Tesla, it dropped, but you still can't afford that shit. Okay, so. Continuing on with the stock market. I'm going to use you to the best of your abilities. I want to start a stock portfolio. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. I want to start a stock portfolio. What do I do? I just want to buy some damn stock and watch it grow and sell it. Real there quick. are apps you can use to do that now. It's an app. You got some apps that you can just use to buy the stock itself and then you control it yourself. There are other apps that act like your own personal financial advisor where they tell you what to buy and sell when they think you should buy and sell. Because, mm. um, see, I know how to look at the numbers and tell if it's about to drop. It's not going to, it hasn't dropped yet, but it's going to. Or it's not rising yet, but it's going to. Because you got to know how to read that shit. That's the other thing. I, the stock market in itself was invented to be an oppressive. Uh, an oppressive system because you have to already to know what to look for you have to already know what you're looking for i get what you're saying so if you don't have access to be trained to know what you're looking for yeah it's just numbers it's like playing football spreads mm -hmm. if you know the teams you know who can play and you're gonna you, be three steps ahead every yeah time. you know who gonna whoop who ass you good damn that's a great explanation so do you have stock and shit? Are you playing active? Hell no. Why not? The game too rigged? Exactly. Absolutely. Mm. The stock, that's a sure thing. I can't afford that shit. Mm. And what I'm not about to do is put a whole bunch of money in some little bullshit penny stocks that won't exist two years from now. Damn. You'll just cut, cut. Ooh! I got a question to ask you. Okay. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that shit was gonna come up. Okay. Woody, how do you feel? 
How do you feel? I called that shit coming a mile away. Uh, I called that shit. I had so many people blowing up my office phone and shit talking about, how do I get this? I was like, if you want somebody to do that shit for you, you need to call somebody else because I ain't doing it. Mm. This is a fad. It's just like Farmville, except shorter lived because it costs real money. What happened with it? I mean, you, like, I'm going to keep it real. You and I both news bullshit. I felt like mm -hmm. from my simple perspective of I guess just being around the type of people I've been around I just mm -hmm. seen bullshit mm -hmm. and you seen bullshit what made you not connect with it because essentially what they were trying to do was create an alternative currency exactly They're, nobody's ever going to let that shit fly because then you, you take the power out of the hands of who the power needs to be in and the thing that blew me about it was that you asking for the current currency that you trying to kill to, to, to acquire this current. Like, they, were, they were essentially like convert. There's not even a term for it, I don't think. If there is, I'm not smart enough to know what it is. Mm -hmm. But it was almost like laundry. Like they were going to take like laundering money conversion. So they were taking in currency that they were trying to deplete and turn it into this new currency so that the issue with that is that it doesn't have equal value. And because Bitcoin was just like this random one-off bullshit made-up thing, mm -hmm. like how do you even know for sure what equates a U.S. dollar in Bitcoin? Exactly. Who, who decides? Exactly. And another thing that blew me about it is like how other companies started to it just come out of nowhere. I seen some shit where a dog was the face of some shit. And <laughs> it's the same shit as Bitcoin. It's like, what the fuck? And I, mm -hmm. it's like an ass of them shits out here. So mm -hmm. I just instantly seen like bullshit. Well, it's just like what you talked about earlier with the land and shit. Opportunist. Somebody does something, they go, ooh, that's a good idea. I can maybe do it better. And then you got 18 people doing the same thing. And then in six months, there's one left, maybe. Mm. Sound like the rap game. Alright, so I don't even know where to go from here. You got all the knowledge. What can you throw out here to the people? Mm -hmm. Um, scenario. Okay. You're ten thousand dollars in debt. What kind of debt? Uh <laughs> credit card debt. Okay. Credit card debt. Multiple credit cards. You work a job where you make $500 a week okay. after taxes. Okay. Because we play by that real shit. I don't play I by that bullshit. I was about to ask you about saying $500 what? <laughs> after tax. I don't play by that shit. Okay. I need to know after taxes what you're making. Um, how long will it take you to get out that $10,000 debt living by yourself? It really depends. So... Uh, there's this thing called the snowball method. So the idea behind it is every single credit card every month you make a minimum balance payment, whatever that minimum balance is. Now you got ten grand in debt, you got multiple credit cards. Chances are your minimum payments every month are somewhere between twenty five and thirty dollars a piece. Mm -hmm. So when you snowball, you're gonna make a minimum payment on every payment, but whatever you owe the least on. So let's say you got. Nine $1,000 credit cards that are maxed and a $500 one. Mm. Or two $500 ones. I got you. You're going to make all your minimums, but you're going to throw extra on whatever the smallest one is. So then when you get that smallest one paid off, then that money goes to the next smallest. 
So it's like making two payments. And you keep going like that until you get to the biggest one. And how long would you feel like that would take you to pay off? Mm, you're probably looking at five to six years. Mm. Depending. Depending. And that's that's only if you make the minimum payment doing the smoke off method. So you got one that you're making a little more and then one you're making essentially two minimum payments. It would just depend. Mm. I got a question for you. Okay. What was your lowest low and what did you do to get out of it? You're talking about financially? Yep. When I got back from Nigeria, um, I didn't have anywhere to live. I didn't have a job. I've been overseas for like an entire year. So, when I first got back, um, I went to what I'm good at, <laughs> which is money. So, I started doing tax shit for people on the side. All right. Luckily, I came back around tax time. So, I made probably... Sixteen grand in three months, mm. just doing taxes. Damn, I didn't even think of it. I don't, I don't know what the fuck my head at. Four, eight, twelve, fifteen. Five point three. Five point three a month. Um, that's impressive, one. How hard is doing taxes? It's fucking hard, cause you gotta think like. That's some federal shit. You fuck somebody up, they get popped with an audit, they're gonna bring that shit to you. Mm. You gotta help them, yeah. And. <coughs> Do you feel like you wanna pursue that full time? Hell no. <coughs> Just cause you get it, something don't mean it's what you should be doing. <coughs> so, what are the things that you completely are gifted at financially because I don't even I can't even wrap my head around what exactly you are but I get what the hell you are you're like a money fucking sensei <laughs> essentially my my main focus is financial planning stock portfolios um, not necessarily like the major major details but buying and selling for people so essentially, if you're trying to retire in the next three years and you don't know how you need to do it, I'm who you're going to talk to. Damn. And long term, what are your goals with this? This? My finance? Yeah. I'm nothing. Mm. I'm just doing this until I can get my PhD. <laughs> and soaking up as much as I can. So if I end up actually being able to assist countries like Ghana and Nigeria, all that knowledge goes with me. Alright, so let me ask you this. Did you. What are you listening to right now? Am I music? Yeah. Black's new album right now. How do you feel about it? I love that shit. You've been listening to it since it came out? Mm hmm. Alright, so let's get into him as an artist. How do you feel about Black as an artist? Uh, I don't even. He's a tough one. He's not one of those that you can just like peg like this is what he is he's kind of like a gambino where he's sort of like an enigma like you don't really know what he's gonna do like you got people like bryson tiller who's like don't get me wrong now i love him bryson tiller mm -hmm. okay Go but 
all his shit is always going to sound the same for him. Mm. Well, Black, you don't know. Like his, just like Gambino. If you listen to every Gambino album back to back to back to back to back, if I didn't tell you and you like are somewhat stupid, you might think you were listening to somebody different every time. <laughs> Closing out. Is there anything else you want to say to the people before we get up out of here? Mm. Pay your fucking bills. If you can't afford to pay your bills, please use the resources allocated to you. <laughs> please. If you can't pay something, if you're struggling with something, the loan insurance that people try to get you to get, it's not a scam. It really is good. You up and lose a job, you have involuntary unemployment insurance. That shit is paid until you either draw your first unemployment check or until you are employed again. And that'll be another dope ass episode. Anything you want to say before we get up out of here? Mm, please pay your bills. Oh, That's really shit. like a bit. Like, just please pay your fucking bills. <laughs> you sound like the uh, <laughs> customer service ladies. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm out. Peace. Alright, and that'll be another legendary episode of Me Blanc Amigo, episode 22. Motherfucking politicking with my white financial advisor on a Black Friday. I'd like to thank my guest, Britt, my motherfucking dog, putting me on some pointers, some tips. I'm rocking with you. I know you're going to go get them billies because you just too fucking smart. I know what time it is. Keep a nigga memory alive, because I need some of that cash when you get it. Anyways, man, like always, tune again, tune in again when I drop a new one, man. You already know it's going to be bigger, better, more litter, more titter, more titter than the last episode, man. And I appreciate every last one of y'all that listen all the way through. Again, follow my IG at R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. Again, R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. And like always, my nigga, like, comment, subscribe, and share. Like the white girls in the valley say, Aha! I'm out.